0: hello and welcome to another episode of clark hill's credit ego to go curbside thought leadership for financial services my name is joanne needleman and i am a partner at clark hill as well as a member of the firm's banking and financial services practice group today on the podcast i am fortunate to be joined by michael lamb managing partner at corporate advisory solutions llc where he oversees and executes on M&A engagements. Michael also has extensive experience assisting clients with the development and implementation of strategic growth plans. He is also a national expert in the areas of outsourced outsourced business services, specifically lower middle market companies that offer debt collection, debt purchasing, legal collections, customer relationship management, Market Research and revenue cycle management services. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Absolutely, joanne. it's great to uh, it's great to uh, talk with you about all the crazy things that are going on in the market um, and uh, everything else related to the world, of uh, the areas that we focus in on.
0: Absolutely, and it's a good segue to my first question. There has been so much craziness going on in these last uh, couple months, so much disruption in business operations, especially in the financial services sector. From an m and perspective, what trends are you starting to see? What are businesses concerned about? Uh, what are they thinking about? Are they, are they thinking about, I'm up for sale, or are they thinking about maybe this is a good time to buy?
1: It's uh, it's been a oh, it's been a wild ride since two thousand um, since March of this year when everything got started and uh, you know when the pandemic hit a lot of our M and A transactions that were focused in the financial services area went on hold because people just could not figure out what this new environment was going to look like and. Now that we've kind of settled in to this new normal, um, M&A transactions have actually been picking back up. Uh, and in financial services, though, a lot of the key drivers have been around work at home, Joanne, because yep. people in financial services, that was the, this is a new area for people in getting comfortable with data security, information flow, and having all of your staff, whether you're at a bank or you could be at a FinTech, you could be at a uh, company that buys and services, receivables from these different types of institutions, whatever it is, that work at home environment has definitely been a a game changer. And there's been a lot of positive stuff that have come from that, Um, but definitely a new environment. That people have had to get used to, which directly affects valuation and how businesses are viewed uh, in the marketplace.
0: Would you say that those entities that were able to pivot better as far as work from home have now increased their value?
1: There's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't think anybody I've spoken to, and you probably agree with this too, Mm -hmm. is saying work at home is gonna disappear after the pandemic is solved or if there's a vaccine. Yep. And so those that did not, weren't able to move quickly and get work at home established with all of the bells and whistles you need to be successful today um, have definitely had a lot of issues. But those that have really won that battle are growing, getting more client opportunities, and um, it's leading to more profitability, which is how these companies are ultimately valued based on how much profit that they're uh, they're generating every month or every year.
0: It, it is fascinating. It's the silver lining from all of this, and that story is still going to be told uh, it, for several months to come. I had Tim Collins on. He was my first guest on the podcast. And we talked a lot about this little different perspective. But one of, I think the common things that that I'm hearing from you, and and one of the things that Tim said as well is, it also has this work from home, this this kind of new operational scheme, has really forced technology, uh, forced the hand of technology. And clearly, the only way for those that have been working at home to be ultimately successful is to ensure that the t- their technology was working and was efficient. What are your observations? What are you seeing, um, not only from a technology standpoint, but how companies are focusing on technology?
1: It's never been. Uh, it's never been. Technology was for a long time, Joanne, more like an afterthought for a lot of folks. Right. It is like the primary area. A focus for companies that are in these different industries, whether it's debt collection, call center area, and if you're doing work for any of the large financial institutions, if you're not putting technology first, um, you're 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 going to lose at the end in this uh, as this environment shifts, and um, and so companies are really. You know the, the the challenge right now, or for many of these companies, is trying to figure out what right, what is the right technology to deploy, how to to deploy it, and then how not to create a lot of legal action against uh, against you as a result of you trying to do something that's more innovative, and um, and that's really the name of the game because even with all these omni-channel options that exist from the technology providers. What can you use and when can you use it is really the big question that's on all these um, on the debt collection side of the equation. that's that's what's on their minds.
0: Absolutely. Um, we're starting to see I mean I when you say about the legal implications, there's that and there's also the regulatory implications. And currently, Regulators like the CFPB, the OCC, the FTC, uh, the SEC have really, certainly in the last year, year and a half, been very focused on innovation and how innovation can integrate with our current regulatory scheme. And I will say, I talk about this often. Um, when, when the current administration came into office in 2016, you know there was a whole bunch of executive orders. There was a lot of concern about quote deregulation. And you know we, there can be a lot of arguments about that, but I always point people to, there was a series of treasury reports that came out in 2018 about how to modernize the financial services regulatory scheme because it is archaic. All these, most of these statutes are 20 or 30 years old and didn't think about email text or any type of technology that would be integrated uh, in providing these services. And there has been a push since 2018 to encourage regulators to look at innovation and how to improve it and how to work within the regulatory environment, keeping in mind that there are consumers or entities that need to be protected and there's really been a push to that um and 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 I think it's been positive and I think it's a good conversation to have I worry Michael with what you're saying is if we have a change in administration that may not have that view how that could impact the the innovation that you're seeing because it is it is pedal to the metal right now (laughs) and you know if we have you know People coming into regulatory agencies with a different point of view—how impactful will that be?
1: It's all—I it, it, mean, it's it, it certainly if a Democrat comes in and you have an Elizabeth Warren-type person with her views of the um, the the world of lending and debt collection, it's a it's a real concern, mm-hmm. but. For a business owner that's trying to operate in the space, I don't think they have a choice, but to automate and figure out how to leverage technology. Because at the end of the day, whether a Democrat, Republican, whoever it is, the consumer is driving these new communication strategies. If they don't wanna be spoken to over the phone and they wanna text or chat or email, then they're the ones that are going to be ultimately driving how the market shifts. And I just, I don't see us going backwards, um, especially with everybody working at home and communicating the way they are. I I just, I see the consumer wanting it more and more to have that as an option, especially in uh, in the debt collection area, just because, that's what their, that's what their, that's their communication channel today.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I'm seeing it also too in other areas, which is a good segue to my next question. Um, because of this pandemic, and you know, perfect example is, is we're seeing mortgage rates right now hitting All time lows, right? (laughs) Yeah. If if you're not thinking about refi, you really should. You better
1: be refinancing.
0: Exactly. So I, you know, personal story is my husband and I are thinking about it. And yesterday we, a friend of ours referred us to a a mortgage broker or a a a mortgage person at a bank. And I had a very nice conversation with, with him and he said, all right, I will send you the mortgage application. And it was so automated. I mean, remember what it was like to apply for a mortgage even three years ago?
1: Oh, um, it, was, uh, it, yeah, it
0: was, you know, I got to go run and get my tax returns. I have, this was the easiest. This took me five minutes. And it wasn't yeah. like it was a no doc. I mean, they asked every question under the sun. And because it was automated, I mean, by giving them our social security number and agreeing, you know, there, there were various disclosures, which we read and we accepted within seconds. They had our whole credit profile. And so they asked us questions about things on our credit profile, you know, about the current mortgage and, and, and other, you know, debt or credit card debt that we paid. It was seamless. It literally took 10 minutes. And I have to think um, that type of lending, t- using technology to expand that type of lending has, it's already here, but it's got to be, again, pedal the metal.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, so even more. even the bricks and mortar banks that exist, where you would go in to fill out applications or meet with the mortgage broker or the bank person to help you figure. I mean, it's just it's it's archaic when you think about where it's going now, and then you add to it the pandemic and everything else. Right. It's you know, people want virtual. They want to go online, they want to get it done quickly, efficiently, and that's what the financial services arena is trying to focus on when they're delivering products and services. And, But I will tell you, all of that to me is great, assuming that data is protected, the information flow is handled in an appropriate manner that doesn't lead to other compliance related issues. Those are things that I always keep top of mind because a lot of these things are becoming, they're they're more new. And so they're being tested, which is great. But there's also could be some fallout too. And we've seen so many data breaches. It's like, Funny to me, like when I think about when these data breaches happen and you don't even know about them right. until six to twelve months later until it actually hurts you right. um, I find that concerning all 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 over the map, but i i i I hear you i mean it's just we we've we've got to accept that the 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 automation that's here, and there's got to be some policing of it too uh to make sure it's it's being handled appropriately.
0: I couldn't agree more. And it also raises the whole privacy issue. I mean, we were very up prior to the pandemic. Privacy was such a hot topic. Um, You know, I didn't even, it's not my area and and learning about what companies do and how they scrape information and how you get those pop-ups on the internet. And, uh, you know, we were told that was ultimately a bad thing, but I think we're going to have to weigh um, what level of privacy we're willing to give up for safety? Safety meaning I don't want to go into a bank with a lot of people and risk my health. Um, I don't, you know, want to. Uh, I'm, it's going to be a long time before I go to a restaurant. <laughs> I <Right. laughs> rather have my food delivered, and I'm going to give my credit card information. So I think there's going to be a readjustment uh, and a reassessment. Uh, with this growth of technology, especially in financial services, where so much of our information is being shared, um, that we're willing to give up in order for this ease of access, I would say.
1: I think you're going to also see when it comes to just the the, the hiring of people that fill these roles in financial and technology, fill financial technology, The the old school loan officer the person that's been at the bank for 30 years that position is going to shift and it's going to be more of somebody that's technology savvy to be able to help drive these kind of workflows to the consumer and i think you're going to see different you know all different changes and then you add to that the robots or the chat bots that are being developed too. And eventually, Joanne, when you're doing that, mor- that mortgage refi, five to 10 years from now, you-, you may not even be talking to a human being. It may right. be a robot that's dealing right. with you and handling the whole process. Who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows, who knows? Fascinating discussion. And um, this, as I said earlier, the story is not over uh, and it is gonna continue. So I hope that you will come back uh, in a couple months, um, maybe when people start getting back to their offices to see what those changes look like and and where they're going uh, in the future. So thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. Uh, very yeah, would much. it. yeah, would love. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, there are always, there are two questions I ask all my podcast guests. Uh, so I'm going to pose them to you as well. So in keeping with our to go theme, uh, do you have a uh, takeout experience uh, while you were in sheltering in place that you would like to share with us?
1: Yeah, I, um, <coughs> because I live, uh, I live near Conchahokan and we, we frequent Maniunk. So I did take out from uh, this restaurant, this Thai restaurant we really like called Chaba Thai. Mm-hmm. And um, man, just getting takeout today is, a whole new ball game, right? Yeah. I mean, you you go, you drive over. Somebody comes out in literally like hazmat gear to deliver <laughs> you uh, your your bag of food, and um, it's just it's it, I, I, it's unbelievable how we've got there. But like when you think about what it was, you know, back in you know, call it January, February, you're just living your life. You're eating, you're going out, and now we're in this environment where you don't go out, or if you do, you have to sit outside. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy world we live in. It
0: is. It is. It's it, it has, in such a short period of time, changed the paradigm of how we socialize. It's 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 pretty unbelievable. Great story. Thank you. I've, I've gotten so many interesting stories, and I love all the perspective. Um, finally, Michael, we do a, again, in keeping with our to-go theme and understanding that there are, uh, especially in the to-go industry and in the food industry, so many people that have been impacted, um, Credit eco to go would like to make a small donation uh, on your behalf, either to a local food bank in your area or a charity that helps displace restaurant workers who've lost their job because of the shutdown. And do you have a um, specific organization in mind?
1: Yeah, we do, Joanne. We do. Um, we've done work in the past with Philabundance um, and order. their food service. I mean, we just yeah. they they've done some amazing things in and around the Philadelphia area, and we've got a, a lot of respect and admiration for all the folks that are involved there.
0: I couldn't agree more. It's an excellent choice and we, we will do that uh, very shortly. So again, Michael, thank you so much uh, for coming onto the podcast. Such a terrific conversation. And thank you all for listening to Credit Ego to Go. More information about the podcast and future podcasts, uh, please log on to clarkhill.com forward slash people forward slash Joanne-Needleman or onto my LinkedIn page, all episodes of Credit Eco to Go can be found on Buzzsprout or Spotify. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have ideas for future topics, please email us at creditecotogo at clarkhill.com. Thank you. Be well and stay safe. This podcast is intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be regarded as either legal advice or a legal opinion. You should not act upon or use this publication or any of its contents for any specific situation. Recipients are cautioned to obtain legal advice from their legal counsel with respect to any decision or course of action contemplated in a specific situation. Clark Hill PLC and its attorneys provide legal advice only after establishing an attorney-client relationship through a written attorney-client engagement agreement. This recording does not establish an attorney-client relationship with any recipient.